Hey, what's up? It's Dr. Josh. And I know you've heard me talk about Clinic Gym Connect, but the power of Clinic Gym Connect is really well demonstrated in following up with patients who already know, like, and trust you. So here's two users, Dr. Carson Ani from Capital Sports Medicine and his office manager, Mark, talking about how you can use Clinic Gym Connect to follow up with your very interested, very warm clients. It's always hard to bring in new people and it's just easier to talk with the people that already know, like, and trust you. And so once we figured out that Clinic Gym Connect was a software that can really help with that, I took Mark through all the trainings and said, have at it. I wanted to contact the most recent patients that have been in. Dr. Carson showed me Clinic Gym Connect. All it was, I would go to the patient list, run a report from our EHR, tag them as a 30, 60, 90 patient. They open our dialer, send them a custom text, sends their name automatically. If they respond, great. If not, shoot them a call and had a nice voicemail feature that I could just click. And it saved me for every 50 patients, which would normally take me a few hours. I could get that done in 45 minutes. It was a personal touch that they weren't used to. And it didn't take a lot of effort on our end at all. That's how easy it is. And you can see that the 30, 60, 90 campaign is super powerful. And get this, it's already in your account when you sign up for Clinic Gym Connect. So if you're interested in following up with those patients who know, like, and trust you, and you want to do it at intervals like 30 days, 60 days, and 90 days, check out clinicgymconnect.com. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and it's my pleasure today to be joined by Rhett Larson. Rhett, how are you? I am I'm, I'm great. I mean, now I'm, I'm excited that this is another exciting podcast. Like that's uh, we've already put a bar up there that I have to clear. Yeah, well, um, it's going to be exciting because we're going to go into this with an ex- incredible warm up, which I know is your specialty. You know, so I'm just kind of warming you up neurologically to deliver a, a great, exciting episode. So, Rhett, for those people listening that are like, "Hey, that name sounds kind of familiar, but uh, I don't really know." Uh, can you give everybody a little shot of your background or who your current, what would you call it? Uh, your co- current coworkers, I guess, would be an interesting way to phrase that. <laughs> right, right. Um, so currently, I am the strength and conditioning coach for the German women's national volleyball team. This will be my only my second year with this team. Before that, I was with the Dutch volleyball women's volleyball team for a couple of years. And before that, I put in five and a half years with the Chinese women's volleyball team. Um, yeah. And then, and that was only part of my big gig in China. I was there for almost eight years in total working with a, yeah, I've only recently been a a volleyball guy or a women's volleyball guy at that. But before that, I spent my first four years in China with a myriad of different sports. We, this is when I was working for Exos and uh, they, they had us working with all of and them in conjunction with the Chinese Olympic Committee had us working with all of kind of the gold medal factories of China with diving and table tennis and gymnastics and shooting and archery, like um, just these 
really, really fun sports from a, I'm sure from a physio standpoint, but also from a strength and conditioning standpoint, it's super fun to sink your teeth into, oh man, how do I make a guy that just shoots a pistol all day better at that sport? And so um, anyway, so I did that for a long time. I did, I was in China. I think I was a China guy for a long time. Um, And then prior to that, I was just, uh, I was working in uh, big box facilities, uh, much like a lot of probably your listeners out there where we um, working with the general population as well as, you know, amateur and elite athletes kind of cutting my teeth. I worked with a ton of young athletes. I, I spent 10 years with Velocity Sports Performance, which at the time it was really, really um, foundational in working with kind of eight to 18 year olds, which is something that I am always recommending that coaches get some experience with because I, <laughs> I take the lessons of working with eight and 12 year olds. I use those lessons constantly when it comes to like group control. I use them constantly when I'm working yeah, great. with Olympians. You went from a, you, you ended with a group that doesn't understand what you're saying, yeah. but luckily you'd started with a group that just doesn't care what you're it saying. Couldn't right? give a crap what I said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Like, I get we, per- we speak perfect English. Lessons. I'm just not right. going to listen to you. <laughs> you know what? A timeout works in any country. I'm telling right. you, yeah, Josh, I can, awesome. I can get a, I, I can put somebody in timeout anywhere in the world to get it. Right. And you just work on that dad voice of like, you, you're out, <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's like the pump of a shotgun. Like it, it spans all languages, all, you know, that's it right. Translates across. Yeah. That pointing yeah. and uh, the bleachers. I have uh, a stare that just makes people feel so guilty. Just makes them feel awesome. so bad for disappointing me. And I, I've yeah. perfected that. That's awesome. Well, the exciting thing, uh, I know from talking to some other folks that have been who were involved in coaching and training and athlete care during that point that you're talking about being with the Chinese, it was this perfect storm that I don't know if ever could happen again where they're going to host the Olympics and you have a culture that is like, if we don't get a gold medal in everything, including uh, air quality, you know, we're, we're just going to kill ourselves. And then combine that with um, an economy that was booming. So we have enough money to throw at any problem. Like if you say we need four MRI machines per volleyball court, we'll get them. Uh, and then combine that with a country that essentially has, uh, like the U.S. has an Olympic training center for track, right? And as I understand it, the Chinese essentially have eight Olympic training centers just for track. Like yep. the number of elite level athletes, just because you have billions of people mm-hmm is higher. And then it gets down to, well, who is the one we want to select for this? So it's almost like we have unlimited athletes for you. Uh, you know, do what you can with them. If they fall apart or break, uh, that's okay. Cause we have 38, 38 more guys that can run that fast right behind them. And, um, and then here's a bunch of money and solve our problems. Yep. Do I pretty much have that period of time? Nailed it. I mean, they <laughs> are not afraid to break some eggs, making the old Olympic omelet and they have yeah. so much money. I mean, that's why I don't think the Beijing opening ceremonies will ever be topped. Like just yeah. that, like that facility will never be topped. They, they poured cash into that. And, and you sure know, they, they thought about handing everybody in the stadium, $10,000 just to watch. Like they were close to saying, let's just, super close. we haven't spent enough billions of dollars on the opening yeah. ceremony. Crank it up. We need smiles. Always yeah. smiles. Yeah. That's right. They, they, and they were super smart about it because um, like in pouring money into sports, they also, just want to maximize gold medals. So they're not pouring money into a lot of team sports. They pour mm. money into individual sports because a million dollars given to the archery team can net you, 
whatever it is, 12 medals, a million dollars to the women's basketball team at best gets you one medal. And so, and, and, and for that reason, they even pushed more money into women's sports than men's hoping that the rest of the world isn't doing that because for the Chinese, it is about that last number at the end of the Olympics, who has more golds, not total medals, just golds. And so um, it was really interesting to see how that played out and how, you know, and we were one of those, you know, as Exos representatives, we were kind of a a big value add. So we were Mm -hmm. deployed to only the most important teams. And you would see, like, we rarely went to team sports. It was only like the only team sport that I think we worked with were at that time was, was just women's volleyball because they are the exception to everything I just said. They're the one team sport in all of China that has ever gotten them a gold medal in anything, mm. Olympics, World Cup, yeah, yeah. World Championships, whatever it is, no team sport, women's or men's, has ever done anything except for women's volleyball. I wonder if there was a, a you know, two and a half million dollars uh, in a check that was placed on the, you know, in the cockpit of the plane bringing Michael Phelps over. Like, listen, if you don't land in China, you just go ahead and take that check. I'm not, we're not going to say anything. We just don't want one guy that can pull 11, mil, 11 golds out of the race, you know, or whatever it was. <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm sure it was talked about. It has to yeah. have been talked about. Anyways, well, uh, I'm really excited to have you here uh, and be able to interview you today because you have written some amazing articles and and shot some videos on Instagram and everything, uh, really covering uh, an area that I think is often forgotten or overlooked in its power, which is that of the warm up in any kind of fitness program. Yeah, the most exciting thing for any strength and conditioning coach to talk about. Good yeah. old warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I agree. I am, you're preaching to the choir. I agree. It's one of the most mis- or uh, like underused portions yeah. of, uh, of training. I remember reading this article all about MRI machines. And when they were first invented, uh, it was actually in the Smithsonian Magazine, which was one of those magazines only you can only get if you're old and a father or something. My dad mm-hmm. got a... a subscription was talking about the development of the first MRI machine. And at some point, somebody said, you know, what's interesting is we, this will give you a very accurate representation of uh, body fat percentage, incredibly accurate. And then somebody else is like, yeah, I could do that, but we could also (laughs) image things like discs and ligaments and tendons. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, well you could do this. And I just think in all of life, there are certain things where it's like, Hey, we have this technology or this product or this thing. And we're using it for its lowest value role. Like we are devaluing it. Right. And we have the opportunity to increase its value. Um, you know, if we just kind of change our perspective. And luckily with MRI, somebody went, yeah, let's use it more for the ligaments and discs and tendons. And the, the right. body fat percentage is like, I could do that tw- with $12 calibers, you know. And, <laughs> and what really, what does it matter? Like, yeah, right. You know. Right. So I think you're taking the, the warm up and really making it valuable. But let me ask you this. So you've been around the world. Uh, you've coached in America. You've coached in Europe. Europe uh, basically, you've coached yeah. in Asia. You've been at the Olympic level. What percentage of warm-ups on all scales would you say involve uh, foam rolling? Oh, my God. Okay, so 95, I would say. And it, again, it spans all languages, all yep. religions, all, every backgrounds. Single place, every single place I've ever worked. I get, I, I'm almost from it. Like, it's always funny for me the first day when every girl walks in with their own foam roller. Yeah. Like in China, like, you know, the house had the foam, you know, the gym has the foam roller, but like in Europe, 
every girl, and it's almost a status symbol, like which ones vibrate. Oh, mine's ice cold. Mine can be turned up to 104 degrees. That's you know, awesome. like, like all they just, it's like the nicer and nicer foam rollers. And I think they're yeah. a little disappointed to hear that I don't prioritize a ton of foam yeah. rolling in my, in my movement prep or my warm up time. Yep. Um, I'm not, I'm not completely anti foam roller. Um, no, I don't know if we're talking so, about this, but you're right. They're yeah. ubiquitous. Two, two funny things. Number one, I'm sure the dude that designed the vibrating heated roller wants to throw himself through uh, the, the, you know, his cell phone. Every time he hears people say foam roller, it's like, it's not foam. <laughs> I perfected the so PVC right. wrapped with urethane right. neoprene and a vibrating motor. It's not foam, damn it. Cause foam is like, oh yeah, this, uh, this, you know, styrofoam takeout container, blah, blah, blah. And he's probably like dying inside. Like I've spent my whole life perfecting it with a motor and, you know. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the, yeah, the branding people that sat at a table forever over whatever hyper vibro ice, you know, they, yeah, they, yeah. they came up with the perfect whatever acronym and no, everyone just says, oh, you've got a hot foam roller. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing is I, I want to read, I love foam rolling as a, start to, so if I talk in the general fitness population, it serves a lot of roles and I'll make my little argument for it. Yeah. I don't think it does much to increase flexibility, but what I like about it is if somebody's working at a, you know, a desk job all day long, which most people do now, not in your world, cause they're, they're super active, but I'm talking yeah. about sedentary going to the gym. Number one, it gets you on the ground and do some modified crawling positions, right? You're on your right arm, your short lever, long lever, you're flipping over, you're crab crawling, you're doing all this stuff. I love that because you're just not doing that in daily life. Second thing is when our motor control systems are essentially asleep all day, like we're not getting any stimulation because we're sitting at a desk, the pressure of the foam roller stimulates the GTOs, it stimulates the mechanoreceptors, it does the, uh, you remember the corpuscles, those things we had to study that really don't matter to anybody, uh, the corpuscles, and it starts sending some afferent information up to the brain, lighting it up and saying, hey, like, don't forget you have a, you know, uh, fibularis or, a, yeah. you know, there, there is that tibial <laughs> right. bone. And so for that setting, I think it's great. And the second thing is, as you know, if you work in a big box gym, having something to do for the first five minutes where, you know, 80% of the people are there, somebody's running in late, somebody's using the bathroom and come out, you're still there. Yep. And you kind of talk and say like, hey, right, what's going on? Oh, you got a promotion? Cool. Like, it's great for that. Agreed. But for elite level performance, you're like, I, don't, I ain't got time for that. And plus, I can't even understand what these ladies are saying. So I don't want to con converse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, you nobody can say, uh, sorry, I was running late at work. I'm sorry I didn't get here on time. Right. No, this is your job. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. this is your job. And so that's right, why right, everybody right. else on the team was here 15 minutes early doing their own very, very individualized foam rolling um, yeah, right. Like, but uh, those are table stakes for you guys, right? Like, Hey, you just got to buy in. You've already done foam rolling or your movement prep or whatever, yeah. your rehab, your correctives. So you decided. So that when I, when I had foam rolling and I've been a part of systems that had, you know, I mentioned Exos and all these, they all have foam rolling embedded into that movement prep, that warm up session. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's great when it is, it has to be led by a coach for me to be, for me to find it to be uh, as effective when, when I would do it with the, with the Chinese and it became very popular to give autonomy to your athletes. I would say, Hey, listen, we all have different things that hurt. We have all have thing, different things that need to be released. We all have things that 
you know, we like to roll before we go to war, right? It could be a placebo, but a placebo is still an, a Use big it. deal. It's free. <laughs> Huge. So yeah. I was like, all right, so I'm just going to give everybody two minutes, three minutes to do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. And I swear after one minute, the entire group would just be lying on their back. I'd be like, there's not that many people with T-spine problems. Like everyone <laughs> would just default. It was the biggest speed bump record scratch, like wah, wah, two. But I felt like was the momentum of a warm-up that I, I want yeah. to be impactful. And so I just said, you know, at subsequent jobs and even the next year in uh, the Chinese, I said, listen, that's, I think it's beneficial. Clearly, if you think it is, it is. Get it all done before I start yeah. my warm-up. Because once I start, it, it, we're going. Well, the reassuring thing is it's not just an American uh, problem or an American reliance, right? It's international at all levels. It doesn't matter. So nope. uh, let's not feel bad about ourselves. But what was the first time you literally, you, you remember sitting there going, I, I got to change things. Like th- I'm not using this warm up well enough or I'm not incorporating enough stuff. Did you, you know, was it a, did somebody give you some feedback or did an athlete ask you something or did you just have an epiphany in the middle of the night? What, what kind of changed the, started this path? Well, it's, you know, it started when I became a freelance person. I could actually kind of think on my own and do it. And and I could kind of, as I put, I had been working in systems in big yeah. corporate systems for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, I, I liked what they did, but I'm also a creative person. I'm also somebody that really likes to be able to, you know, I'm I'm a chef that likes to be able to put my own little sp- secret sauce into sure, things, sure. and I felt like, um, okay, well, you know, let's rethink what what everyone thinks are the best practices. Honestly, and I'll tell you, we we've been talking about the international thing. One of the things that opened my mind about working in China is that I am seeing French physios, and 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 there's a Dutch, you know, there's super smart Dutch strength coaches. There's this person. Um, there's a whole. I was like, wait a second. There's a whole group of Europeans physios that have never heard of the FMS. I was like, what? Yeah. I just assumed that's what you all do. Like, I, cause that's in America, you don't walk into a facility that doesn't have an FMS kit sitting in yeah. you know, on the side or is it, but similarly with, with how to warm people up and like, there's so many different ways to do things. And, and you're exposed to that a lot more when you start working in different countries that sure, sure. don't have our preconceived best practices that have been, you know, put into the NSCA textbook and spouted <laughs> by, the perform better crew for, for 12 years. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so I started thinking, okay, well, how can I do this? That is not necessarily better, but is maybe more my style because my style is definitely not just walking and small talking to 23, 20 girls while they foam roll, you know, like I'm like, I, I, if whatever amount of time I'm given, I need to be the most productive. So when it's, when I got to the Chinese team and mm-hmm. I was kind of working on my own that I said, all right, Tell me what I was thought. What are the things that these girls need or think they need to go to war? All right. So there's a little bit of, there's seven super dumb stretches that they love, right? I could give a crap. Look, brother, I work with country club golfers. So I, yeah, I got to right. say, I don't care how dumb those stretches appear. I think I could beat you with five to 10, even worse, even dumber stretches <laughs> that are doing absolutely nothing. So, right. you know. But the old like golf club yeah. over the head. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, oh, turn yeah. right, turn left. 
hey, that just erased 98 hours of working behind my desk. I can <laughs> perform a plyometric activity while drunk. Sure, let's let's go. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, oh my God, it's so similar. I just sit there and this is part of the survival of China is that you just have to sit there and just bite your bottom lip and be like, mm-hmm. this will be over soon. This will be over soon. And then I think, what can I do to maximize yeah. the last whatever minutes? And And I think it's also... It's like the information age, Josh. Like all of a sudden, I'm also, you know, getting a thousand ideas on my phone all the time. I'm like, oh my God, sure. I'd be doing X. Should I be doing X? Like there's somebody just came out with a whole different shoulder routine. You know, I, I meet a, yeah. I meet physios and I'll meet a physio that is like, Rhett, you're not getting the most out of Turkish getups. Let me show you three different Turkish getup variations mm-hmm. that I swear we won't have any shoulder problems if we do these every day. Well, I'm not in the weight room with these girls every day. So I'm like, all right. But that becomes a part of warm up. All right, right, I, right. Let's just do it in warm up. And so I, that started, I started thinking anything can get them warm. How can I make the things that get them warm also the stuff that I'm dying, that, that everyone tells me is great mm-hmm. or that I know myself are just essential for volleyball players to do? Yeah. It's interesting. The, the most impactful, one of the most impactful <clears throat> in a large scale lessons I ever had on, on exercise was. Uh, my kids joined this thing called, we took them when they're like young, three years old, called My Gym. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of this? I absolutely know it. Yeah. I don't know if you've taken your kid, but at ours locally, it had this incredible, I don't know what to call them, facilitator, trainer, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they would physically change the the layout of the gym every week. So mm-hmm. they'd move like the high bar over the ball pit. So the kids would jump to it, right? They would move, turn stairs into tunnels. They would turn... Uh-huh you know, all this stuff. And I saw like, oh my God, they completely changed the intention of this place by just moving some pieces around. So one of the things I always recommend for people when they're building out their small gym, like if you have a thousand square foot gym, so we're talking about people who are bolting this thing onto their clinic, right? I know that you, uh, you saw the bird's nest, homie, like you've seen <laughs> what money can get you, but a thousand square feet or something, you know, if you could put everything on wheels and just change it up, quarterly or monthly or something, you'll be amazed at how much more creative you get with exercises. And the flip side of that is, I'm, I would bet all the money in my wallet right now, you've had this experience. When you show up uh, and maybe the bags and the equipment didn't make it. And so it's like, what can you do with a gym floor and eight girls or whatever it is, you know, eight women? Yep. Um, you got to get creative because like so many people rely on, oh, I got these toys or this technology or this Kaiser or this... Uh, you know, ski erg. And it's like, great. Let, let's say that it's broken. What do you do now? It's like, yep. uh, I go to the air bike. That's broken too. Uh, uh, yep. the, yeah. So anyways, have you had that experience of like, I, mean, I have nothing more preaching to the choir. Like I, <laughs> I love hearing this because it, 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 I, it took me back to when I was a little kid and I would, I don't know, every two months, like want to rearrange my bedroom and put the yeah. bed over there and my couch, you know, like all my toys box over there just because it's, it, it breathes energy. You get excited going into it. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing when <clears throat> that I, that I, I want out of my warmups is I want my athletes to see a different arrangement of stuff all the time. Like, and I want them not like when warmup starts, the, the athletes will come to me and say like, okay, Rhett, how are we starting? And it's me saying, okay, it's either, all right, individuals in a circle. Nope. Pair up in groups of three on, on the five blue cones. Okay. Nope. It is like this, this, and this. And like, and I want them wondering why there's a pile of water balloons in the corner. I want them wondering like what we're doing with hula hoops, why there's a bucket of, why there's a jar of kerosene next to it. Like, <laughs> like, 
Like I need, <laughs> I want that excitement that comes from the unknown. I mean, that's yeah, part of the yeah, gamification yeah. of training, which is real, all yeah. real popular right now. But, but what exactly it. what you're talking about is, is what I think, you know, is really can be intimidating as a coach, but yeah, we travel a ton, you know, where I'm, I'm seeing six different foreign weight rooms and every single summer, that's always that fun challenge for me. It's like, Oh my God. All right. How do I take, how do I take 12 girls into a, into a holiday and express weight room and get meaningful work done. But that's where, you know, your brain comes alive and, and, you, yeah. and you start to develop a tool belt full of stuff that is either no equipment based or, or super creative. I love but, it. Uh, yeah. So for those listening, you know, you, you have the, um, you've seen a lot of systems, you've worked in a lot of systems. And so now you can get creative. Um, but if we start just at the fundamentals, yeah. what, as you look back, what are, if you said the, the three or four or two things we should always make sure we hit in a warm up? Like, so I've always been taught increase body temperature, stimulate the neurological system and prepare any major movements you're going to do. So if you're going to squat, see if you can get the hips, hips, knees and ankles into flexion, right? Like somewhere in the warm up. That's kind of the th- rules I've always learned. But when I watch yours and I read your article, you, you think about it on a different level, man. No, I think you just took my answer, Josh. I'm waiting for you to ask. The All right. Well, listen, like, everybody, thank you for listening to today's <laughs> podcast. I've, no. um, so yeah. at the very, very, at, at the basic level, when you say just the basics, yeah, it is. It is. Thermogenics is warming the tissues up, right? That is yeah. the bare minimum for just keeping people from getting hurt is get everybody super H- Hence warm. the term warm up. Like, right. I mean, it literally is. I know. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's, so we have, in the Netherlands, like there's a bunch of tough girls, right? So it'll be freezing cold in the facility and they'll just be in, you know, tank top and little short shorts. I'm like, I know, I know you're super tough and cool. I need you to put on all your sweats. Like you're just making my job hard (laughs) if you're not, I mean, I need to cheat my way to the the bare minimum of this. Don't make me have to sprint you around just to get you a thin sheen of sweat. Um, So, but yeah, getting tissue temperature is up. Um, During that warm up, I, it behooves me to get you into as many volleyball shapes as possible. I want to get okay. you through every single joint range of motion that I think you might see on a volleyball court. So that would be like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Specifically, no, specifically exactly what you said, which is that ankles need a ton of, well, need all the dorsiflexion that you have. That protects the knee, right? And so your hips need a ton of mobility to protect your lower back and your knee. Is that joint by joint approach to training. Right. I still follow that to a T. T-spines, shoulders, and, you know, that kind of, at the bare minimum, those joints have to be mobilized, uh, like, Mm -hmm. I think, aggressively, like, but I don't believe in spending too much time with it if they're, if they're warm, and I've kind of ticked the box on those five joints, then, Mm -hmm. did I miscount? One, two, three, four, four joints, then I, uh, then, then, then I kind of feel good moving on, because, Hopefully, if I've done it right, that third part that you mentioned, neurological, like um, kind mm-hmm. of activation, that third part will also make them make some of those shapes too. So we'll reinforce a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, you kind of hit the box. It is thermogenics. It's making them you know, move through a bunch of volleyball positions or stretch into volleyball positions um, and then neurologically activate the system and make sure they're ready to take good reps right when practice starts. And I think one thing that shines through your work is those three priorities in a pool or in a tub full of engagement of the athlete. Like there's, 
no way they can be thinking about uh, their next TikTok, uh, checking TikTok, or you know who's in the stands or whatever. They're engaged in the work you're doing, that's, which that's I think the art is of foam, it. yeah, foam rolling. Um, you know, can be less engaging. You know, people get to the point where they can do it while texting, and it's like, okay, yeah. we we have a problem here. The, yeah. the last thing I want is for athletes to be able to kind of sleepwalk through the, my work, warm up because they know what's coming next. I think that is the enemy of athleticism. Like yeah. I think, I think pushing them to those messy outer edges of their athleticism mm-hmm. is what a safe space like warm-up should be for. That if you're just going through the same tired arm swings, hip swivels, skips, and jumps, and all the stuff that you've done over and over again, am I really yeah. moving the needle on these athletes' athleticism? Or is this a better time for me to be... Um, trying to get them to that edge of failure where we know, you know, the athletes start to actually make some progress. And that could be the edge of failure of, you know, strength. That could be the edge of failure of coordination or agility. That could be, um, you know, doing um, some mobility work that is like, um, like, uh, like weighted stretches that, you know, we're, Mm -hmm. we're pushing them that way. But I, I definitely, you know, I think it's such a waste to, to just be doing the same, even if the same thing you do every time is a greatest hits, it's still of, of warm up stuff that you think like it's still, if it's the same, I think you're, you're missing an opportunity to engage your athletes and to push that their athleticism to new, new heights. Right. Right. So with your, at this point in your career, I mean, you're very, very experienced. Um, oh, you're saying every, I'm old. Josh, that's super rude. I never said that. <laughs> I mean, just because you started coaching on your eighth birthday, you're you still threw two berries. That's <laughs> I just mean you 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 know worked for seventeen different countries, and uh, I can't keep a know. job. Got it. Keep on going. That's great. <laughs> yep, got it. Well, listen, if you worked, if you should really think about doing this all in a tuxedo, because then people would think you're a spy. You know what I mean? At least like, why is he going from uh, the German team to the Dutch team? It's like, well, you know, that's not really his job. Yeah, his job. yeah, yeah. All right. I'm sorry, Josh. Uh, I interrupted. No. Go. I see what you're uh, It's like these, when you hear these spies in real life, they always have some job with like the Department of Agriculture or something. It's right. like, yeah, I can drive into the mountains randomly and look at these missile silos because we're right. looking at the growth of poppies on the hills. Like, that's yeah. right. And I just have to get my my team to travel and to different very high strategic targets uh, yeah. every year. Yeah. Well, we'll work on it. You know, we got we got some planning to do. But going back to it, um, do you at this point try and get your warm up to change every day for every practice? Do you have a list of eleven that you kind of cycle through? Um, how how best do you find it working? Yeah, it probably started as like a dozen or so that I just okay. I loved, and then it just blew up. But now it's to the point where I mean, certainly in a given month. I wouldn't want to do this like a similar warm up twice. They'll never be the same because it's always like I'm, uh, you know, I'm always even. All right. So I have an Excel spreadsheet. And so mm-hmm. every day I've plotted out the big points of the warm up I've, I've written. And it's all based on, okay, what equipment do I have available? What's my space look sure. like? Like, because sure. sometimes I'm in a gym that is right next to a weight room. Oh, crap. I have a bunch of kettlebells that I could use. I have 12 mm-hmm. kettlebells that are light enough that we could do X with or heavy enough that we could do Y with. Um, or, or maybe, you know, I'm in a facility that just happens to have a bunch of uh, like sticks in it and I can use mm-hmm. sticks for like uh, some fun stuff. So it depends on equipment, but also uh, when I'm planning a week, like I'm typically looking at, all right, 
big picture. What are the kind of the biomechanical goals that I want to hit that week? And, and when I say what I want to hit, what am I actually thinking? What does my head coach want to hit see for mm-hmm. me that week? So let me ask, answer your question before it, before I go on too long. I, you know, I probably have, I probably have like 30 or 40 distinct warmups using a bunch okay. of different stuff that, you know, I've, I've one that I call my like tennis ball reaction warmup. I have one that's called my, my stick mobility warmup. I have one that's called my stick agility warmup. And that just means that there will be kind of a, there will be one kind of fun or engaging exercise activity that I'll do, that I'll do and, and superset with two or three other distinct other things. So it'll be like, okay, we're going to do kind of this stick pickup drill where the girls are trying to fake each other out, dropping a stick. And the other one has to try to run around and get it. Well, I have like a, a six step progression to that particular drill. And so we'll do the easiest progression of that right off the bat, start getting everybody moving. And then, Hey, everybody drop down and let's do that. Let's do that Turkish get up. Cause we have a bunch of kettlebells. Half of you are doing mm-hmm. Turkish get ups. Half of you are doing some sissy squats against the wall for some out of alignment kind of strength. And then, okay switch that up. Everybody go back to the stick drill. Boom. We're now moving again. And at the end of it, we've gone through three, four progressions of that stick drop agility drill that have gotten faster and faster, more difficult, more cognitively difficult. Um, While also I've gotten three kind of micro dose strength sessions of Turkish get-ups and sissy squats. And so maybe in three weeks, I'll copy and paste that warm up, but I'll, have, I'll change out sissy squats for maybe another out of alignment strength exercise. If I, because potentially I've done sissy squats recently. Um, I don't track it well enough to, to, uh, it, to be able to copy it exactly. It sounds like if we think about those three major parts of warm up, that if, if I just had, if everybody listening said, okay, I'm going to have a, a batch of a spreadsheet that has three divisions thermogenesis, neurological, and then whatever we're saying. Stretching. Uh, Let's say stretching. Yeah, stretching. Yeah. Big Mobility. movement. Yep. And if I put five into each and just randomly match them up, I should have five times five is 25 combinations times five, 125 combinations yes. there, right? Just the ball, the tennis ball thing you said never yeah. goes with the, uh, never, uh, the first time you see it paired with, uh, I'm trying to think, um, yeah. sissy squats, it shall never be those two in the same combination again. For very likely at least not. 30 days, right? Yeah, or very likely days. not, unless yeah. it just randomly occurs like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah, and um, so it's just been slowly accumulating those mm-hmm. kind of, that kind of theme or that major exercise of the day. Because so, you know, if I happen to have hula hoops, if I happen to have tennis balls, if I happen to have medicine balls, if I happen to yeah. have sticks, if I happen to have, so for all of the hacky sacks, I mean, water balloons, anything, I've just built out these, these kind of what I think are very engaging, fun, the things that the girls like to do and are challenged to do and are dialed in on. And then it's like, okay, all right, everybody calm down, hit the ground. It's time to do this, you know, this isometric exercise that normally you would hate, but let me see if I can, but if, but if we're doing an isometric split squat, but tossing this water, this uh, water balloon back and forth, we're having more fun. It's more. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I picture, Brett. Uh, Let's say you go to Columbus, Ohio, and you're staring and there's the rogue factory and outlet, right? And you're like, I mean, essentially anything manufactured, you go to Providence and there's yep. the perform better headquarters. Like you're like, that's cool. 
But there's a dollar store like a block down. Yeah. And they've got Hula Hoops, <laughs> there's, there's a, Kitty there's Litter. A and <laughs> there's a Toys R Us going out of business. I'll be right back. Right. Yeah. Listen, I need the 12. I need 12 different sizes of teddy bears. <laughs> I need uh, four sizes of Hula Hoops. You got Some you. palm olive and... Uh, and all of the linoleum floor you have. <laughs> you only knew how true that was. If yeah. you only knew. Uh, yeah, that's um, actually, uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I have bought out whole, I've, I buy usually, and whenever I take a job, I go a beeline to the first toy store and buy out all their Frisbees. I buy yeah. out all their hacky sacks. I buy I out like, th- like things that are light and cheap. I will just, I just go, that's like week one of a new job, like two by fours to balance on. Yeah. Like big long boards, like all that stuff I pick up in week one and start my brain working on how I can make this crazy in the space they have. I love it. So one thing I I know where I don't want to take too much of your time and I really appreciate your time and I could talk about this stuff all day. So if you got to go. Um, nope, you got me. Okay, cool. One thing that I want everybody listening to to recognize too is there's something called the primacy effect, and, and I learned this from a cop patient of mine. The primacy effect is you remember what happens at the, the very beginning of an interaction, and then second to that, at about 50%, you'll realize at the end, you'll remember it, right? Recency and so effect. this is why cops, when they show up on a site where there's a fight going on, they need to establish authority right now and aggressively. They don't sit back and kind of watch and whatever. They come hard and heavy, he says, because it, it restores order. Hmm. When, you're, when you're doing fitness stuff, when you're doing a strength coach as, as Rhett is uh, at the highest levels of athlete, athleticism, or, you know, if you're, if you're running a small gym, the warm up is typically on the front end. So what you do there is the thing that people will remember because of the primacy effect. They may not remember that in the middle you did, you know, three sets of 10 of, of the same exercise you've been doing. So one of the advantages of the warm up is if you make it incredibly engaging, like what Rhett does, you have an advantage there that people start remembering, oh, I love this place because the workout is, is always different, which people seem to like that um, novelty of it. Yeah. But the difficulty for us as uh, responsible, well-trained strength coaches is to say, making every ex- or workout different, in, it induces risk that maybe we don't want to deal with, Right. So if instead of doing the loaded portions, and I'm simplifying this a lot, but instead yeah. of doing the loaded portions differently every time, perhaps what you could do is vary the warm-up, which is uh, on the front end. It's going to stick in their memories a little bit more. Vary the hell out of that thing. Make it a super game. And then we can go into the quote-unquote same old exercise routine and buy off a little more safety there. Yeah. And... Do you still do that at the elite levels? Because I know like coming out of like a lot of people in my gym were like, they were, re- I can remember a couple days ago when they were injured or maybe weeks or months ago they were injured. So I certainly don't want to push the level to get them re-injured and have essentially no net gain in the, in the weight room. But instead, like what I'm thinking now is the s- solution to this, which is you, which is make an incredibly varied, novel, different, but yet engaging warm up. And that's going to stick in their minds. Yeah, a couple of a couple of notes. One of which is I, I remember when I was a personal trainer at the at the very beginning of my career, mm-hmm. and I remember the head personal trainer coming to me and saying, "You see, half of the personal trainers in here. The first thing they have their client do is sit on a, is jump on a treadmill and jog for five minutes to warm up." He's like, 
if you don't do that, if you do something else, you'll put them all out of business. He's like, uh, the reason I'm the head personal trainer is I've never had anybody step on a treadmill to start our session. What a <laughs> horribly boring, banal way to start a relationship, you know, with, yeah. I'm going to small talk you about your weekend while you walk and then jog and then run. Like just that's to me, that's, that is the lowest common denominator. That's, that's yeah. the worst of it. Like it but, checks the thermogenesis box, yeah. but it's the lightest uh, pencil mark that you've ever seen of like, right. okay, it checks it in, it checks letter it of in. the law. Yes. It checked that yeah. off. But. In one movement plane and like, it's just lazy. And so yeah. I keep on thinking, like I've said this before, you know, you can do that warm. Like you, to an extent, you, there's something about being remarkable. Like you want to be someone that is doing things you know, I'm not saying if, by the way, if the, if I thought the way that I did it with a lot of variety wasn't as effective as doing something the same all the time, I would not do it. I mean, I'm, I'm in the business of winning games and ultimately medals. And you have the so highest medals. pressure on anybody, right? right? Like, Hey, that's so, a great exercise, but we didn't win. Therefore yeah, you're fired. And so right? fortunately like, the literature on like constraints-based learning and differential learning and things like that, that are all about letting the body self-organize when you hit it with a bunch of different variables and how effective that can be versus rote, like just this is the way that you have to run. Let's do a bunch of high knees that mimic that. And then some wall drills like that is kind of hopefully going away and people are understanding the benefits, the actual scientific benefits of, of a more varied kind of warm-up. There's method to this madness. Now, a difference between maybe your clientele and, and mine is I'm, I'm with mine twice a day, every day. So, you know, if I only saw my athletes three times a week and I had athletes that had severe, I don't know what it is, lower back pain or something like that. And now I don't want to push into your category because I'm not a physical therapist, but I would probably always within my thermogenic fun stuff, be doing something for that lower back pain. Like, you know, I think we agree. Like, my athletes are useless if they're thinking about their pain or if they're in pain. So priority one all the time is getting them out of pain if they're in right. pain. So if I have an athlete that is in pain and my whole group is doing the stick thing with sissy squats and Turkish getups, I, I might pull them out for those two and say, hey, you do the stick thing with us, but then I need you going off to the side to do what the physio and I have agreed is are the best two things for you to be able to manage your back pain for this session. Um, and so maybe if I only had them three times a week, we might, there might be more consistency. I mean, I, I would try to be looking for a lot of different exercises that would be equally effective yeah. in getting the back pain out of the way, along with my fun thermogenic. But I do have them so often that uh, I think monotony is a real, is a real killer of kind of team culture, honestly. And I think that especially with that recent, with that primacy effect, that starting every practice with something memorable is good. And I think from a professional standpoint, it's not terrible for me to be someone remarkable in the industry. And, you know, yeah, so, it kind of has worked for you at this point because uh, you, you uh, have been shopped around from Asian teams to European teams because if nothing else, they know that you're going to engage the team, right? It won't yeah, be. Well, I, I hope to leave a bunch of athletes and coaches in my wake that are all saying, oh my God, just like you have to have Rhett as a coach. Like he, yeah. Bring he he makes you look for I don't know if it look right. forward to might be overstating, but he, you don't dread warm up every day. You don't dread the weight room. Like I'm constantly thinking about how to gamify those mm -hmm. two things yeah. to make them engaging as well as as uh, effective. So, just to finish up here, again, a lot of the folks listening have a smaller gym, 
right? They don't have a, a yeah. full-size volleyball court or, or whatnot. Um, and they're maybe doing groups of, say, anywhere between two, four, six, probably not even getting up to the eight range, right? Right. Can you think of any recommended... Uh, can, this is going to be tough because this is an audio podcast and really this would be served best by video, but right. any suggestions of things, hey, try this um, in your setup and just see how it goes as an engaging uh, warm-up that you know, hey, this works pretty good with people. And again, we're not going for gold medal or medalist level uh, volleyball players. We're just talking general population. But for for example, one that I thought was just so simple, I was like, oh my God, this is great. And by the way, uh, what's your Instagram account? Because that's, I think, where people can see a lot of these in play, right? Oh, uh, okay. All right. So I'm going to be putting more out there. I'm sporadic on Instagram. No, it's so, awesome. But I, I, I've I kind of got in a competition with my wife about it to see who could okay. get the most followers until she just blew me out of the water. Anyway, so I was going hot and heavy there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, I'm going to get better. I'm going to start putting all the rest of the videos up, but uh, it is Retasaurus. <laughs> so R-E-T-T-A-S-A-U-R-U-S. Yep. Yeah, Retasaurus. So one thing that I thought was awesome is Rhett took a whole group of, of um, volleyball players and said, hey, we're all going to learn this TikTok dance together. Right, and you had them lined up, and and I think it's it's novel movement. There's neurological engagement. There's that culture thing, um, and even if they never get it right, moving our hips and dance moves and moving our bodies in these ways, dropping down low, you know, all these things are amazing for that neurological warm up. And I think that could be pulled off in any gym anywhere. And the more uncomfortable it is, as long as you, as the person listening, as you, as the instructor, are willing to stick your ass up in the air and shake a little bit, you're going to get some engagement and people will try something new. And that that's, at least they won't go home saying it was the same old workout. You know? Yeah. I, <clears throat> you know, I Can think, you, I, I honestly, that, you know, that was something that uh, Greg Day and I, the, the physical therapist that I had over in uh, China came up with just on a, on a whim where we're, you know, when you start looking at like ladder drills, like agility ladder drills, and you mm-hmm. would just take that ladder away. And it, I don't see that much of a difference between, kind of the movement patterns in those feet and what you might do dancing, except for with dancing, it's to music and there's a rhythm that's necessary. And there's a, it's a brain foot coordination <laughs> aspect to it. And yeah. it's freaking fun. And all the girls, and if you choose the right ones, you know, the girls are interacting together. What it is, is three to four straight minutes of grinning your, your face off while you're sweating like crazy. If you choose the right, uh, the right dance moves. And then it's also for the rest of practice, the girls coming up and tapping me on the shoulder and showing me like the move that we just did in the morning to, and they practice that. So they love getting better at it. So it ticks the boxes. They're getting sweaty. It, if I choose dances that make them get into some shapes, but then I get to, just like I said before, Hey, dance is over. Everybody get down on the floor. We're now going to do some scapular retraction and we're going to do a spider crawling variations or we're going to make you do stuff that's a little bit more difficult. Now we're going to do some abdominal stuff, pop up, it's time to dance again. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, it, like, I, you know, a, a general philosophy of mine is that fun and effective don't have to be mutually exclusive. And to answer your question, like, you know, little disc cones that I feel like are in every single gym, you know, those tiny little plastic disc cones that you see everywhere. I mean, we will have just, the girls will pair up. I'll have one girl against the wall and the other one will be just Frisbee shooting disc cones at them while they try to dodge them. And then (laughs) in the next moment, they'll pick up the cones and they run backwards, laying them down in a serpentine while the other girl has to go around them. Then 
we play a game that you have to bat down all the cones while you're running at the person. Like one person's going backwards, frisbeeing the cones directly at the girl while she chases her. And you have to avoid everyone but reds and greens or something like that. Like I just yeah, I make it. it up as I go. And, and, but in between those, again, we go back to the things that I really want to get done, which is, oh, shoot, I've got to microdose some, I want to do some hang snatches because maybe I'm, or maybe I need to do a movement screen or something like that. And we get down to more serious business. But then, hey, everybody pick up the cones again. You now, here's what we're doing, you know? So awesome. So yeah. it's, and, and like, it's just kind of that mindset. First of all, I steal so many of this, so much of this stuff from like PE teachers. Um, I'm always like, they are geniuses with coming up what to do with tall cones and little cones with just yeah. a ball or two, a tennis ball and a tall cone. Uh, there's so yeah. many, and a hula hoop, there's so many fun things that you can do. That yeah, one of the, the best, I, as you talk about this, I keep thinking, do you know uh, Mark Chang and, and Jimmy Ewan? I do know and, Mark Chang, yeah. Yeah, and the K3 systems they developed. So yes. right before COVID, they were putting this together and kind of got you know killed like every other live event. But they were mixing rehab with martial arts like these. You know, when you see a guy drop down uh, into a, a what we would call a lateral squat, and mm-hmm. then he does a leg sweeping from you know from from the side to in front of him, it's like that's awesome rehab. And he's in like the tripod position. Yep. This is you know they're like, oh man, we could really use that. And it's again, engaging and it's not. So if anybody wants to check out the K3 combat systems, I think it's along those lines of engagement, fun, uh, you know, martial arts, challenge. Uh, part, like parkour. I stole, oh, I, yeah. we do anytime I can find boxes of the appropriate height. Like I'll challenge all the girls to learn how to do a cat vault or a, like there's all kinds of fun, like, in, like challenging for jumper. Love These are it. girls that jump, but I'll be like, all right, but you've never jumped this particular style before. Let me set up a mat and do this. And I've done that before. I've done precision jumps where I set up like the two by fours and make them do twists in the air, but still have to land and balance on it like a, like a cat. There's just no end to, to what, you know, it's just turning your, your head to you, what, what you might see on Instagram or YouTube and be like, all right, well, how can I make this effective and safe and how does how does it actually apply to volleyball and or or whatever sport you're in? Yeah, um, that's yeah. awesome, Josh. Well, you know what I forgot to say. Yeah. Let me say really yeah. quickly is that one thing to note, and it might sound like it's the wild wild west if you have Coach Rhett, and it's just I use warm up as a place for all of this variety. If you were to go into the weight room with me, it would be a different story. So mm-hmm. I would hate for everyone to think that. I like you go into the weight room. He's it's a like, crazy man in the oh, weight room. We're doing front well, huh? squats. Never done that before. All right. Oh, all right. I guess we're doing single leg squats. We're doing that yeah. before. I'm much like a much more. Um, I wouldn't say I'm. I don't know if I'm like every strength coach, but in the weight room, we absolutely have big rocks, and we're cha- we're chasing. You know, and do you find yourself speed less and, less creative in the in the weight room? Like so, under load. Like, are they doing one hundred fairly predictive stuff? Yeah. So okay. less creative in a way that you wouldn't see hula hoops and tennis balls. And I'm not like throwing stuff at them necessarily, you know, what, so they have to dodge it or whatever it is. Like, but I'm, I put a ton of my brain into how can I gamify a weight room where we kind of always need to be doing this hinge pattern. And how can I make my volleyball players need to squat? They bilaterally jump in a squat in a, in a knee dominant position all the time. It's part of volleyball, but how can I make this fun by saying, hey, we're going to squat today with chains and it's on push bands and we're all competing to see who can have the fastest speed with 
60 kilos. And mm. next week, we're going to take the bands off. Everyone's going 30 kilos. It's jump squats, though. And we're all competing to see who has the highest vertical jump with 30 kilos. The next week, it's we're doing bands and we're going heavy. And the next week, it's a terrible progression because it actually would be, I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm exaggerating because it would normally be like kind of strength, getting heavier, but different, heavier, but different. And then we'd probably deload and do something fast and light. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how it would be stepwise progression. So I would want still when they walk in the weight room, I want them running up to the whiteboard and being like, okay, it looks like we're having a challenge to see who can, you know, we're, we're in teams of two and we're seeing which team of two can hang from a bar for five total minutes with the fewest switches between the, the athletes. You know, you have to hang with scapular depression and, and, uh, and retraction. So let me, and, let me try an analogy here and see if this works yeah. for you. Your warmups are like the most crazy, uh, you know, those over the top funny, uh, sushi chefs that are like mix and matching stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't yeah. know what you're going to have. Right. But your weight room is more like Chipotle. Roughly, we've got the same stuff. Yeah, I can make a little more spicy. I can make a bowl out of it. I can make a burrito, but we're not varying that much. Whereas the sushi guy is like, hey, this is a, you know, I'm going to vary a lot in yeah. color, in size, in roll, in deep fried, not deep fried. Like, yep. now he still is restricted on, you know, what he's, what he's had, but what he gets that day, he's going to say like, oh, wow, the mackerel's really good. I'm going to make something out of it. Yeah, there's still, you know, at Chipotle, there's still just four or five meats, right? So right. we're eating yeah. those five meats every single meal. But it's my job is to, not all the time, but for many of the exercises, mix that up. And, and if I know that volleyball players need, let's say, strong calves or something, mm-hmm. well, now it's like, okay, well, am I going to do a single leg one, a double, a bilateral? Am I going to do it maybe a, a over eccentric? You know, with a lot of these accessory exercises, it is like, okay, we're not just doing calf raises or pogos all the time. Like we're going right. to be trying to yeah. keep, keep your body uh, guessing and progressing. But don't worry, we're not going to eliminate calf rages or pogos as a possibility in the right setting. Yeah, right. Awesome. All right, Rhett. Well, I, I feel like uh, I would love to have you on again and talk all about the weight room version of this oh. and some recommendations. Oh. I just think you're amazing at, at, at warm-ups. So uh, for folks who want to read that, that article that I, I read about weaponizing your warm-up, where's that sucker posted? Yeah, that's on Sportsmith. Okay. Sportsmith. Yep. Smart, sportsmith.com, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So you could just probably type in Rhett Larson and weaponize. It'll probably come up, but I'm, okay. I'm happy you read that. Like I, I really loved writing that article. It was a good brain dump of a lot of stuff I'd been thinking. And yeah. And also, everybody, I, I, yeah, go ahead. For everybody listening. Um, it's not just an article. What I love about it is you, you make yep. the case for, Hey, do this thing. And then you show a couple different videos showing that in real life. So it's not just pictures of things. It's like, when you're talking about the tennis ball drill or the TikTok dance, dance, seeing a team go through it and they're not perfect. Like there's no expectation that this is going to, if you watch Rhett, uh, one thing I would say is you're accepting of a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. if it serves the goal we're going for. 100%. Thank you for mentioning that, Josh. Yeah. I, I, I think I might hopefully I mentioned it in the article that, that I think that perfection is the enemy of a great warm-up. Like, of course, I am... I am queuing towards better movement mastery. I came from a place that where we were exacting about that kind of thing, but like I'm restrictively, much, like exacting yeah. too much on it. Well, yeah, yeah. Like the moment yeah. someone can't do a proper lunge, you're regressing them to this or that, right? 
I am, I'm absolutely not that way in warm up, especially with my clients who are elite athletes. Like I push their progressions until they're failing and I allow them to back it up when they need to. But this is a place to fall down and push yourself. And I absolutely will allow some bad technique as long as it's not dangerous and as long as they know better, right? As long as I can say, hey, what was wrong with that? Well, I got under the bar by bending my back or like, you know, rounding my back. All right, good. You're aware of it? Perfect. But never underload. That's the difference is that warmups are rarely under load, never under heavy load. In the weight room, that's where you, that's how you get hurt is doing things like that. So mm-hmm. they have, as long as they know the rules, they can break them in warmup. Right. And one thing too, um, for the listeners of this, uh, your workouts can be a little bit more forgiving because you have a, for the most part, incredibly resilient, young, highly athletic population, very adaptable. Yep. Again, this is a different conversation if somebody is three weeks out from low, you know, low back pain with radiating pain going down their leg. So just yep. always take that context. But 100%. what Rhett's saying is a little bit of variation because that's normal movement, right? If you watch your kid play, if your kid goes to the playground, they don't like step up and make sure their feet are even and then like, okay, I'm going to do this. It's like they fall, they trip, they reach, they fall on their butt and that's totally okay. And it's kind of fun. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of fun. So yeah, that's, that's great. Well, I'd love to have you on again and we can talk about these things and I really appreciate it. Cause I'd love to dive into the weight room and what you've learned there. Um, <laughs> peak performance from the Hol- holiday Inn express, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, check here for my next ebook. Right. Awesome. All right, Red. So on Instagram, it's Redosaurus. Yep. And the, uh, that article can be found on sportsmith.com. Yep. That's right. Fantastic. Well, uh, on behalf of Rhett Larson, uh, let me, you know, I think everybody out there, you, there's so much fun when you engage your, your, you engage people and you get them moving in a way that they remember and, and it shakes up their little snow globe. The rewards are huge. And I will tell you, Rhett, one thing, I don't know if, if you see this, but you know, a lot of physios and chiros and PTs, we, we get into this thing where we're treating pain, treating pain, treating pain, and we forget how fun movement can be. And so when you bolt on this exercise and gym to your clinic, one of the greatest things is the number of high fives you get in a week goes up by like a hundred percent or a hundred times. Right. And especially when you start engaging people in these fun warmups and make it interesting and exciting, it goes up even higher. So if for no other reason, it'll make the long days feel short. If you just create these. You're speaking my language, Josh. I couldn't have said it better myself. Awesome. Well, uh, I really appreciate it, Rhett. And for everybody listening, I'll sign off by saying, go out there, maximize your license, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks so much, Rhett. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.